Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Card Subject to Change podcast on the Game Changer Sports Network. I am your host, William Kliske, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the reported Seth Rollins and AJ Styles injuries and whether or not they are true. We're going to review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and we're going to go over some more information about SmackDown on Fox. So starting off, we're going to talk about the AJ Styles and Seth Rollins injuries where it was reported AJ Styles had a hernia and Seth Rollins is going to be out for roughly a month due to back problems. Now, AJ was on SmackDown. He got involved and obviously had some offense. And as a result, it's potentially not true that he had a hernia because not many, actually not many, uh, nobody in the WWE locker room had heard about it before. So, Styles had tweeted out yesterday that said, Reporting in this world is not being based on facts, but who can get the story out first? Where Seth Rollins quote tweeted it and said, Ain't that the truth? So that makes me want to believe that Seth Rollins isn't actually hurt as well, but that would make me also question why he wasn't on Raw this week. But a simple solution would be because he was uh, recovering from his six F5s that he took on Raw. That's a lot of F5s. And it could be understandable that he was out for more for a week or so. But then again, he also missed the live event. He also missed the live events of the weekend. So maybe they're just playing that as part of the story where he definitely needed the time off. Or maybe it's just so minor he just needed a week. But the reports say a month, and he'll be on screen in non-physical roles, as it says. So we'll see whether or not that comes to fruition. Because, I don't know, just because of the AJ Styles one that didn't seem to be true, I'm starting to question whether or not Seth Rollins is hurt as well. So moving on to the Raw review. Uh, the show opened with Stephanie McMahon, who was interrupted during her introduction of Becky Lynch. And basically, Be- uh, Stephanie McMahon just wanted Becky Lynch to get her knee checked out. And she was going to be suspended until she does. And then, so Becky Lynch got indefinitely suspended until she goes to the doctor and gets cleared to compete. And as as a result, Becky Lynch just basically punched Stephanie McMahon right in the face, which was amazing. But <laughs> but then uh, Stephanie McMahon kicked Becky Lynch in the bad knee as it looked like it was in self-defense because Becky was beating her in the corner. And then, yeah, that's really it for that segment. We got Becky Lynch, who's indefinitely suspended, but even showed up on SmackDown after the fact. So, we'll see where that goes when I talk about SmackDown. So, the next segment, we had Ronda Rousey defeating Liv Morgan very fast, which immediately led into Ronda Rousey beating Sarah Logan also really fast. And then we had a teased Ruby Riot match with Ronda Rousey, but then Riot bailed to take care of her teammates. Now, this very small tease gives me an unpopular opinion potentially and that I would rather want to see a Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot match 
compared to either Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair or having Charlotte added to the Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match. Don't get me wrong, I'll still be excited if it's a triple threat just because be rooting for Becky, and Becky's the greatest right now. But definitely more excited for a Ruby Riot-Ronda R- Rousey match potentially instead of a potential Ronda Rousey for Charlotte Flair one-on-one rematch. Just because I can't stand Charlotte and Ruby Riot is fantastic. I think they could do great things in the match, especially with Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan at ringside with potentially nobody at Ronda Rousey's side. And it'd be even more intriguing if it was, say, an Italia based on her history with the Riot Squad. All right, moving on, we had the number one contender's fatal four-way match. We had the Revival beating the Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, and the B-Team. Now, will the Revival actually get the job done this time and win the titles from the Glorious One and Chad Gable? Or will they lose again and the way... I think it would be funny is they uh, lost my headphones. I think it would be funny <laughs> if the revival lose the match via disqualification because the non-legal man attacked the legal man, just like how the main event ended tonight, which I will get to. Just <laughs> I thought about that after the main event and I'm like, wow, if the revival lose again, that's the way I would want them to lose. But I honestly just want them to win the titles already. They're fantastic in everything they do. And Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, maybe they can break up and have a feud. Even slimming the Raw Tag Team division even more. So you can call up um, maybe the Forgotten Sons. No, they're definitely not ready for a call up. Uh... Maybe Undisputed Era, since Raw needs some stars right now with Dean Ambrose leaving. After Mania, uh, maybe Undisputed Era after Mania, Torah. I don't know. We'll see where that goes, and we'll talk about it when the match happens. So then they cut to a backstage segment with Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, and we learned Zack Ryder doesn't even know how to spell his own name. We know they spelled it Z-A-C-H last week, probably storyline for this segment. And then what do they do? Or what does Zack do? He spells his name his name is Z-A-C-K-H, which Zach, that, that's definitely not his name, which he admitted he did it wrong at the end of the promo, which I think is hilarious. But they're going to focus and end Hawkins' losing streak, even though Hawkins is a bad luck charm for everybody, and they both admitted they're losers. So we'll see where that leads. Maybe it'll lead to a Raw Tag Team title match at WrestleMania. Potentially, or actually, no, in WWE, it'll probably be at like Fastlane or something, and they'll lose. But, <laughs> but, uh, following that, we had Kurt Angle, he, who appeared to be making a retirement speech, and was interrupted by Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. And Braun Strowman came out and made the save, which set up the night's main event. But before Kurt Angle came out, he had some small interactions backstage. And Apollo Crews is getting some good TV time right now for whatever reason. I don't know. Then we had an Elimination Chamber qualifying match, Sasha and Bailey versus Nikki Cross and Alicia Alicia Fox, which pretty obvious. We knew who was going to win that one. And Bailey wrestled the entire match on her own and pinned Fox with a roll-up. That one was pretty 
easy to call because we know that Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox are a makeshift team. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of want them to stay a team because they're crazy. And I like seeing two crazy people be crazy together. Speaking of crazy, we had Jeff Jarrett in a match on Raw. Uh, it's been so long since he's had a match on Raw. He had Road Dog at his side, at ringside with him. And Elias interrupted their performance of With My Baby Tonight. And Elias got the victory over Jarrett, which if Jarrett beat Elias, I don't know what that would mean for the Raw roster because that would diminish another star, potential champion. And But Elias was took a guitar to the back at the end, which this one looked extra painful because of the guitar didn't break. And, oh, uh, let's see what this record was. Click this link. Jeff Jarrett set a quote-unquote interesting record by competing in this match. So, let's see. According to the Twitter account at WWE Stats, Jeff Jarrett now holds the record for the longest gap between competing matches on Raw. It's been 19 years, 4 months, and 8 days since he and Tom Pritchard were defeated by China and Deborah in a tag team match on September 27th, 1999. Wow. Zeb Coulter was the previous record holder. Old record was 16 years, 3 months, and 23 days. Wow. Okay. Now, if you didn't know that and you're listening to this, now you know. So, next up, we had what was supposed to be an Intercontinental Championship match between Finn Balor and Bobby Lashley. But Bobby Lashley's just like, nah, you're going to fight Leo tonight. And if you win, we'll talk about a championship match. Which, I didn't know wrestlers could do that, but... Yeah. (laughs) Just change their own matches. But... Balor got attacked by Lashley before the match, and obviously that gives Rush an advantage. And, man, these two guys together are incredible. I wouldn't complain if these two fought again within the next coming weeks with, like, a guaranteed title match stipulation. But uh, Balor pinned Rush after a coup de grace and avoided a post-match attack from Lashley. Um, following that, we had a moment of bliss, which is always my favorite segment on any episode of Monday Night Raw. And that's because Alexa Bliss is the goddess, she is the best, and she is apparently attracted to EC3 and his wealthy bank account. So we all know what kind of character they're trying to make Alexa Bliss now, or uh, so it seems like. But anyways, EC3 was the guest, and just like weeks prior... He still has not spoken a word on TV, except when he shouted EC3 in his match. But he was interrupted by Nia Jackson Tamina, and they were interrupted by Dean Ambrose, who said um, he understands that Nia Jax has a crush on him, and needs, she needs to stay away, and that uh, she's not the first person to be caught in Dean Ambrose's sexual magnetism. Because that's what it is. And then Ambrose 
rapid fire question to EC3. And after the first question, Mike right slapped Mike right out of EC3's hand, which prevented him from talking. And then never know never knew about uh, EC1 or or two, which maybe we'll find out eventually. Maybe they get Aunt Dixie back into the mix because EC3's character just seems a little incomplete at the moment. I would love if WWE Brian Dixie Carter to be like EC3's rich aunt just to, so she can tell a great story. Because back years ago on Impact, I loved her as an on-screen character, but obviously her management skills weren't the best based on what we know and how Impact has been going uh, a couple years ago. But um, I enjoyed her on TV, and I think she'd be an interesting addition to Raw or SmackDown for or whichever brand EC3 gets to. But anyways, we had EC3 beating Dean Ambrose with a roll-up. Not much to say about this match. They're probably just going to diminish Dean or at least kind of use him to build up other stars before he leaves at the end of... or at some point in April. And then Paige made an appearance to promote her movie, so I thought it was going to be something different other than a promotion of the movie, so kind of skipped the trailer because I've already seen it. And then Mojo Raleigh's yelling at himself in the mirror again, but looking at the camera through the mirror and not physically at himself, which is odd to say the least. And then we had McIntyre and Corbin beating Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle, because Strowman got disqualified by hitting the legal man when he's not the legal man. Don't recall this rule being a thing, but after the match, heels tried to slam Angle on the steps, and Strowman fell back and slammed them onto the steps instead. But now, um, I don't really want to see Kurt Angle wrestle anymore. He doesn't have it in him in the way that he used to. So, I think it'll be fine leading up to and including WrestleMania, but I don't think he should be wrestling, at least on WWE TV, after WrestleMania. I think his time's just passed a little bit, but I still love chanting, you suck when he comes out. So it's kind of all that matters as of right now. So moving on, we have the SmackDown results. And we started the show with none other than Charlotte Flair. Um, I hate Charlotte. Her talking is annoying. And her trying to get into Becky's WrestleMania match against Ronda Rousey is really stressing me out because I don't want her to be in the match. I don't want Ronda versus Charlotte, as I said. I don't want the triple threat match. I want Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, one-on-one, no questions asked. That's it for the Raw Women's Championship. And then she pointed out the WrestleMania signs like, I'm healthy, I can face Ronda. But then from under the WrestleMania sign, at a slight to the side because of the way the stairs are in the arena, Becky Lynch showed up. And then uh, what Charlotte said to um, just on the mic while Becky was coming to the ring about her stealing Roman Reigns' entrance, that fell flat. Charlotte should have just been quiet. 
But anyways, they trade words, and Triple H came out, told Charlotte, this has nothing to do with you, and told her to leave. And that was the highlight of this segment for me when Charlotte left. But then told Lynch she needed to go home because she was suspended. And then Lynch asked if Stephanie McMahon was cleared because we all know she wrestles every week and she needs to be cleared. But I get the point of saying that, basically just asking if she's okay in a way, but doesn't have to be medically cleared really for anything. And then he stepped back in and basically was saying Lynch was... Basically said Lynch was looking for a way out of the match with Ronda, and that's why she came to Raw back in November and attacked her. So she could try to get a way out when Nia Jax punched her in the face. She was deep down. She's like, yes, I don't have to fight Ronda. I don't have to be embarrassed. At least that's what Triple H was implying. But I don't view it that way. But that makes this angle even more interesting for Lynch is just trying to get a way out of the match. And then Lynch slapped Triple H in the face. Second straight night, she insulted a member, not insulted, assaulted a member of the McMahon family. And they had to stare down. And then Becky Lynch left through the crowd again with security kind of guarding her through that way. But um, then we had Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev beating Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And I don't know what's worse. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev as a tag team or the Good Brothers losing to Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev as a first-time tag team. So I think Gallows and Anderson are kind of diminished as a tag team. They were Raw tag team champs two years ago. Just two years ago in a ladder match. for the. They're going into WrestleMania as the champs in a triple threat turned fatal four-way ladder match when the Hardys returned. And when they lost the titles, they haven't been the same since. So we'll see if they ever get back on track. They probably won't, unfortunately. But this Nakamura-Rusev pairing is so... What's the word I'm looking for? It is so strange. It's very strange. I really don't know what to think of it. But well, guess we'll see where that goes, considering we didn't see our truth on the show, which is also weird. But um, then we got the announcement that we're going to get Mikmiz TV next week with the Usos as the special guests, where the Usos basically said that Mikmiz TV, that's a tongue twister, Jesus, uh, are going to be entered into the Uso penitentiary. And basically saying that they're not a real team, I think. I don't know. I only watched it once. I kind of forget. But I I enjoyed the promo. Usos, I if they lose to Shane and Miz, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Right, moving on. We had Randy Orton defeating Mustafa Ali, where Ali, like, geez, he got his freaking eye basically knocked out of his socket. Got that swollen eye he got. Jesus. But um, Orton won with an RKO. It was a great RKO. Pulled him off the top. And it was after he faked him out for an RKO, too. Faked him out for an R- 
I love how Orton instinctively went for an RKO there. It just kind of shows that Orton's always looking for it, especially the out-of-nowhere ones. And as Orton celebrated during um, the replay showings, it cuts like right back to Samoa Joe locking in the Kikina clutch, knocking out Randy Orton. He's out on the mat. And then kicked Ali out of the ring with Samoa Joe standing tall. And then cut backstage, or Joe goes backstage when starts walking back as Daniel Bryan and Rowan come out for a promo. And then we have a quick Joe promo backstage where he's basically just saying he's going to win and whatnot. And then Daniel Bryan came back down to the ring with Rowan, cut a promo about being the planet's champion and how um, nobody wants him to be champ, and that's why he has to defend his title in the Elimination Chamber. He showed a, um, a video package of why it's unfair that he has to defend his championship in the Elimination Chamber. But he said he's going to do what he needs to do to retain it because the people need, not the people, the planet needs him as the champion. But he also gave props to the state of Washington for being the only state in the country that's basically on his side and everyone else is stupid because he's speaking to a global audience instead of just the crowd. Then we had a triple threat match between Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville. Not between them. They were a team defeating uh, Carmella and Naomi and the Iconics, the three teams that will be in the Elimination Chamber for the women's tag team titles. And now um, I saw people complaining on why the SmackDown women don't have to qualify for their spots. And really, when you think about it, is there's literally no other teams. Plain and simple. Um, what's another team on SmackDown? Hold on. Let's think of the SmackDown women's roster real quick. So we already got rid of Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Carmella, Naomi, Peyton Royce, and Billy Kay. Asuka's the SmackDown Women's Champ. Won't be in it. Becky Lynch is fighting Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania for the title. So she's technically on both shows, but she's way above the tag team title pitchers. And technically, currently suspended. So that rules her out. Charlotte has is in the middle of that feud, too. So she's ruled out. Um, there's Lana, who currently has a quote-unquote bum leg. And let's take a quick look real quick. If I go to Superstars, I'll go to SmackDown. Uh, dead air. Okay, current, raw, SmackDown. Okay, so there goes my microphone. So we got Asuka. We got Becky Lynch. Billy Kay is in it. Carmella's in it. Charlotte's not in it. Um, see if I'm missing anybody. Still scrolling. Nobody's come up. Lana's hurt. Mandy Rose. Maurice isn't on TV. Naomi's in it. Paige is out. Peyton Royce is in it. Sonya Deville's in it. And Zelina Vega. And she doesn't have a tag team partner. And it wouldn't have made sense for her to team with Naomi. But yeah, that's basically the SmackDown Women's roster and why they didn't have to qualify. Like, I don't see why it was so hard to realize that there's nobody on there for, to qualify. It's like you can't even make 
makeshift teams for them to try to qualify. And I can't lie, I kind of would have liked if they inserted just like an NXT team in there. Just why not? I don't know which NXT team, maybe the Sky Pirates. I don't think uh, Marina Shafir and Justin Duke would have been ready, but it would have been cool to have like another tease of a four horsewoman versus four horsewoman match. And then, yeah, I think it just would have been cool to have an NXT team in there, kind of change it up instead of Naomi and Carmella because they're just another makeshift team that probably aren't going to win the titles. But I don't know. I think it'll be a good match. And then we had a backstage segment where Andrade and Zelina Vega cut a promo on Rey Mysterio after attacking him last week. So I think this is just going to lead to another match at either Elimination Chamber or Fastlane, depending on how big of the card already they have for the Elimination Chamber with the two chamber matches and how long of a show they plan on having. So we had Jeff Hardy and Daniel Bryan, or Jeff Hardy defeating Daniel Bryan because of Disqualification, another main event disqualification at Raw and SmackDown, where Eric Rowan broke up a pinfall and attacked Jeff Hardy. And then Brian locked Hardy and Alabelle lock. I think that's what they're calling it again because the yes is dead. And then Joe attacked Rowan, choked out Brian. And then Orton, Mustafa Ali, and Styles, all the other members of the chamber match, all came out and got involved. Uh, and then Brian Rowan got away while everyone else is still beating up everybody. And Brian stared down Styles from the top of the entrance trap ramp before the show went off air. And I was not 100% sure if this was on this show or if I saw it like it as an exclusive after the fact. But like right when Brian goes through the curtain, I think it was um, Dasha Fuentes or Kayla Braxton who was right there. And he basically yelled at her that for being right there. He's like, he just came out from a match. And after all that, he's like, you're here to interview me now. Why? Ah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that happened. So that's it for SmackDown. So moving on to NXT. This was a really good show, in my opinion. Come on, load. So it was the first official show outside of um, the pre-taped show for take that they taped before TakeOver Phoenix when it was the Sky Pirates versus uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke and Forgotten Sons versus Street Profits. So we started off with Gargano coming out as the new NXT North American champion and the crowd had Johnny Champion signs, which has a ring to it, which Gargano likes. So now he's Johnny Wrestling, he's Johnny Badass, he's Johnny uh, Takeover, and now he's Johnny Champion. Johnny nickname names are just fantastic. He's just Johnny Nickname. I'm just going to call him Johnny Nickname from now on. And then Ciampa came out saying how he followed the lead of the champ and now they both hold gold. And Gargano responds by saying the only reason he came out after TakeOver Phoenix was to show that he didn't need Ciampa for help, which is intriguing. And then 
Velveteen Dream's music hits. Because, as we know now, he won the World's Collide Tournament during Royal Rumble weekend, which means he can get a title shot of his choosing. And he has a nice stare down with Ciampa. And he's like, how about Ciampa Dream one-on-one again? And he's like, nah, the dream's over. You. Then he calls out Gargano, challenges him to the NXT North American Championship match, and we'll see that match in two weeks. And that's where he ca- oh it, and that's where he called him Johnny Jackass, just another nickname for Johnny nickname over here. So after that uh, segment, we had uh, Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons, who defeated Mansoor, if you remember from. The Greatest Royal Rumble, when they announced a bunch of, like, the Middle East's talent that they had signed. He was one of them. I think he was the one who got, like, the most over with the crowd there. But, yeah, that was a very quick match with Jackson Riker basically destroying him. And then attacked him after the match. Then we had a backstage segment with, um, I think it was Kathy Kelly trying to get an interview with Ricochet where Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era are saying that they're the ones deserving of the interview, basically, and how Adam Cole is basically synonymous with champion and how he's going to get his NXT North American Championship ma- or championship back. And then Ricochet came back. He's like, didn't I beat you for that title? So that basically set up a match for next week between Ricochet and Adam Cole. And I'm not 100% sure if it's a number one contenders match or not. But either way, that's going to be great. That match will be next week. And then we had Drew Gulak versus Eric Bugenhagen, which I think he's kind of another, uh, he's like, it's kind of a no way Jose Elias mix in a way. Elias music wise, except he plays air every instrument. And uh, pretends the ropes are a keyboard. And No Way Jose and How Life's a Party-ish. But he's just living rock and roll. And I believe commentary said he's uh, rock and swole because he's kind of big, 240 pounds, pretty ripped. But he faced Drew Gulak, and Drew Gulak won. And basically said, is this a joke? I come all the way to NXT, and this is what you got for me? And then Matt Riddle came out. Or, actually, Drew Gulak challenged anyone in the locker room to come out. And then Matt Riddle did. And, man, this was a great technical match. There wasn't that much striking, which I liked. It was a nice change of pace for NXT. But Matt Riddle ended up getting him in the bro mission. And they had a nice, respectable handshake where I haven't... I don't know if this is a thing, but... Drew Gulak held his wrist while the handshake, and then so Matt Riddle did the same thing. Not sure if that means anything. Actually, I'm going to look that up real quick. See if that actually means anything. Uh, holding wrist while handshaking. Um, let's see. Is this it? No, that's not it. Is this it? Uh, 
Um, I'm not finding. Wait, hold the rest of it. Sorry about this. Um, form of respect. Um, yeah, it's a sign of respect, kind of like using both hands to shake yours. From what I found, it's uh, common in Africa, West Africa. Kind of so. I don't know. Okay. That was a no-go for finding if that meant anything. Sorry about that. And a little bit of a dead air. But anyways, that's how the hand shook. They're both holding their right wrist with their left hand while they were shaking. So I guess it's just a more so sign of respect from what I just saw. Uh, and then we had a six-woman tag match with Bianca Belair, Kyrie Sane, and Io Shirai, Io Shirai defeating Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke. Now, we had Io Shirai pin Shayna Baszler to win the match. She's only the second woman to have a pinfall victory in any kind of match over Shayna Baszler, the other being Kyrie Sane. So, could this mean that Io Shirai is going to be the one who takes the title from Shayna Baszler? Or do we see Bianca Belair turn on Sane and Shirai after this? Because after the match when Shirai got the pin, you could tell that um, Bianca Belair was disappointed at the fact that um, she didn't get the pinfall victory over Baszler when she had the chance to, but it was broken up by Shafir and Duke. But, um... Yeah, we'll see where that goes. Maybe Shirai beat Shayna Baszler to win the title, which that would be pretty cool. Just, I don't know. I'm more recently, I'm just getting drawn to the Japanese women's wrestlers because they're all so good. Speaking of which, real quick, side note, uh, Sean Waltman, a.k.a. X-Pac, tweeted, I think it was yesterday or the other day, he said he was basically trying to figure out if anyone has a better elbow drop than Kyrie Sane. And, or he was saying he doesn't think there is anyone. And then he put a gif as an example. And I have to agree with him 100%. I think Kyrie Sane has the best elbow drop of all time. Because most people who give elbow drops land on their hips. And she's basically parallel to the mat with her upper body. where her, When she kicks her legs up in the air for an elbow drop just looks more devastating. So, yeah, that was a quick side note. Kyrie Sane is the best elbow drop of all time. So, the last thing we're going to talk about, or at least I'm going to talk about, is um, some WWE news when it comes to when they move to Fox. And the Fox CEO says, uh, the network will offer more than just SmackDown Live. And let's see if I can find the exact quote in the article. Is there one? Uh, so um, SmackDown Live will debut on Fox on October 4th, 2019. And it's going to temporarily broadcast on Fridays, but will continue to broadcast live. I'm not... 
Does that mean it's going to change days again? Or is it just going to be temporarily on Fridays on Fox instead of like FS1 or something like that? We'll see where that goes. But um, the CEO, Charlie Collier, shared more information. It, as SmackDown Live will not be the only WWE programming on Fox's network of channels. So speaking during the Television Critics Association on Wednesday, Collier said per Fightful, the Fox Sports Networks, FS1, and others will have some other wrestling, not live SmackDown, not Raw, but other ties to the WWE world. So with those um, words coming out of Collier's mouth, could that mean we'll either have um, 205 Live or NXT on Fox Networks as well? Or will we get something else like Raw Talk or Talking Smack? Just kind of like like live after SmackDown on FS1 where SmackDown's on Fox. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Let me know what you think. By tweeting at me at William Kliske. Let me know if they're going to bring back Talking Smack for FS1. But um, get, it'll get more eyes on WWE and can feature more superstars. Uh, could have more in-ring action on the actual show for SmackDown. And then have the talking and promos on this section of the show. Um, yeah, so we'll see what that ends up being. So, um... As we know, these time slots WWE doesn't have for the USA Network, and it could expose the product to a new audience who dropped out of it or it's like, this is fake, and then they get drawn in by the athleticism and the stories. We'll find out. Um, Fox could theoretically garner more attention from a new demographic on channels that may have not watched before. Uh, above and beyond the 2.5 million fans who routinely tune in to watch SmackDown every Tuesday. Um, yeah, so that's quick. May- could potentially be getting extra shows on FS1. Either 205 Live or NXT, you get called up to a network instead of being on the WWE Network, which I think 205 Live would be the better option to move up, get more eyes on the athleticism, where... If uh, the network loses NXT, that'll be a big hit for some people who pay for the network because I feel like most people of the network watch it or have it for NXT and pay-per-views. So if NXT goes, they... I don't know, I feel like some people could cancel if it's just going to be on free TV. But that's basically all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I'm still getting in the groove of talking for... 40 minutes to an hour by myself. So I hope this really wasn't boring. I'll have some guests and maybe a co-host soon. But if you liked it, um, rate and review this on iTunes. Give it five stars if you did. And check out the GameChangerSportsNetwork.com for other sports other than wrestling and wrestling news. We The site's updated pretty regularly couple articles a day and yeah um follow the show on twitter and instagram at cstc pod cstc card subject to change the initials and follow me on twitter and instagram as well at william kliske k-l-i-s-k-e-y 
And just remember, the card is always subject to change.